listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Let me admit first that I'm someone who is constantly pulling for your marriage, always trying to get a marriage moving forward. But I also want to say this. I'm not the person who says that you should stay married no matter what, and you have to save your marriage no matter what. I am the person who is willing to walk with people who want to save their marriage for as long as they want to work on it. But there comes a time when everybody gets to choose their own level of when to back off. I always represent, I'm always representative of that by saying to people, you know, let me know. I'll walk beside you even in your process to walk away from the relationship when you've decided to do that. So bottom line is that I believe that we live in a society that is way too careless with relationships, way too easy for people to walk away from the commitment of a relationship. Many times people forget that the commitment is a decision they made about what they will do when they no longer necessarily feel the same way they did when they made that commitment. There is nowhere in any wedding that I've been to where people promised they would always feel passionate and loving towards each other no matter what. But they did promise to stick through, to walk through, and to make it through. And I believe that that changes our mindset when we really take that seriously, when we really say, I'm in this for life. Because if you say, I'm in it for life, when things get tough, you say, how can I figure my way through this? Or more accurately, how can we figure our way through? through this? What do we need to do, what I need to do to make this a different place? If we make the assumption that, you know, when things get tough, that we'll just exit the scene, that changes how we go about it when things get tough. Because here's the reality. Every single marriage has problems. There are places where you put two people together that closely related, they're going to have problems. They're going to have disagreements. Every couple is going to struggle Part of that is built into the fact that you're trying to build a relationship you've never been in or had in your life. Even if you've been married before, you're trying to build a relationship because maybe it didn't work the first time or maybe it's a different person and so it's a different relationship this time and so we're going to have struggles. There are personality differences that we have to figure out how to work through and work around and problems that we have to work through and work around and every relationship has issues. In fact, you may notice that those issues don't go away. If you know people who have divorced because they couldn't figure out how to be together, you may notice that they don't seem to do much better apart when they're trying to figure out how to parent the kids because those issues persist. And so for those reasons, I believe that we are better served by taking on the challenge of working through those to find ourselves in a sustainable, rewarding, and loving relationship that both people will guard. That's the ideal, that we'll find a way to work through those problems, to work through those struggles, to face those issues and find a way through. The reality is that we're raised in a culture that when things get tough, we don't always want to work through them. When things get tough, we sometimes want to walk away from them, and that's what happens in relationships. So here's the other reality that uh, if you haven't heard me say before, I want to say now. Connection in a marriage is going to wax and wane. 
It's kind of like the tide, in and out. And sometimes you don't even know why that is. Sometimes you can go, oh, oh, that's the reason, just like we can explain the tide. But the fact is the tide comes and goes. If you're at the beach, you have to figure out how to deal with high tide, low tide. In a marriage, you have to figure out how to deal with higher connections and lower connections. It's just kind of the way things are. And sure, we can point to things. Maybe it's a busy time with the kids and you don't have enough time for each other. Or there's a big project at work or there's something else that's going on. Maybe somebody's sick or maybe something's going on that pulls connection away. The fact is that if you wait it out many times, if you're working towards connection, it comes back. Now, why did I name Connection. Well, because that's the lifeblood of a relationship. That's not the only factor in a marriage, but it's the lifeblood. You and I and all humans are built for that connection. It's wired into our DNA. We need that connection. From an early stage, we need that place where we're connected with a spouse. And if we don't have that connection with another human and in a marriage with a spouse, we can feel the pain of that. We know what happens when kids are abandoned as babies. We know what happens when children are left without that emotional connection with somebody who cares for them. It's because it's in our DNA. It's because it's in our wiring. More so with us than probably other creatures around us, we need that connection because we humans can do that through extra ways that other animals can't. We can talk, right? We can share what's important to us. As far as we know, Other mammals don't even share that much information the way we do. If you've ever been sitting on the couch with your spouse going, hey, do you remember back and you're naming sometime in the the past, recalling that time, maybe when you got married, when you got engaged, that first date, that first child, whatever it was that you're talking about, you you can recall that. As far as we know, other animals can't just do that. You can be sitting on your spouse talking about, with, on the couch with your spouse, talking about the dreams you have for your future, what you want to do next week, next year, maybe in a decade. When you retire, you can plan all those things out because you have the capacity of thinking forward. We humans have that capacity of thinking forward and backward and sharing it with someone else with language. That adds another layer of connection, which means that when we don't have that connection, whether it's physical connection or emotional connection where we're sharing our day or spiritual connection where we're sharing our dreams, it begins to hurt. Not just a little, but a lot. In fact, science has shown that when we have that disconnection, the same part of our brain that registers physical pain registers that pain of that disconnection. And when that disconnection isn't there, when there's too little disconnect or too little connection, it leads to frustration. People start trying to get that connection and they get frustrated, not necessarily with themselves, but often with a spouse for not providing that connection. The pain comes along. The blame comes along. If you've noticed, most people don't say, yeah, yeah, you know, I realize that I am not doing enough for connection. They usually say, you're not giving me the connection I need. We blame when we feel that disconnection. We start to feel resentment, which is simply about the anger that's not resolved. And anger is simply about the hurt that's not resolved. So we have this resentment, and then we begin to be resistant to improvement. When a spouse suddenly starts moving towards us, if there's been enough disconnection, people often resist that. They don't want to go to that place again because it's been so painful. And that creates a downward spiral because there are two people feeling that disconnection. And as one's feeling the disconnection, 
And the other begins to feel the disconnection and they begin to have resentments towards each other and blame towards each other and resistance to improvement. The spiral begins to accelerate. The longer the spiral has been going downhill, the faster it's moving and the tougher it is to recover. Tougher in terms of both time and distance. In the beginning, the disconnection might not be very, very far apart. You might say, gosh, you know, we're just not feeling connected. Let's go on a date and it picks things up. Or let's go on vacation together and it picks things up. Or maybe I need to do something nice for my spouse and it takes care of things. But the further it gets, the more resistant the other person is to that kind of action. So a grand gift or a big vacation or some other uh, attempt to reconnect, it comes across as, as something that needs to be resisted. You don't want to get pulled back into that. And so sometimes it begins to be harder because of the bigger distance, the gulf between you, and it can take more time. Sometimes I've had people that have been fortunate enough to kind of come in my office going, something's not quite right. And they come in early into the, the, the process, and it only takes a couple of weeks for us to unwind that and get them reconnected. But when people come in after years of disconnection and depths of disconnection, it can be a lot longer process. Part of what often happens as that spiral goes down is there's an elevated level of toxicity in the relationship, which gets us to the question of the day, when is it too toxic? So before I get to kind of the thinking about that level of toxicity, when is it too toxic, let's talk about some ways that you can notice the elevated toxicity of a relationship. The first sign of some toxicity in a relationship is persistent anger and resistant, or resentment. Persistent anger and resentment. This is when you don't get over things so quickly. You know, in a normal process, when people get upset with each other, they can kind of apologize, take responsibility, and patch it up. That's what often happens in the early days of a relationship. Somebody gets their feelings hurt, or maybe both people get their feelings hurt, but one or both people are able to apologize for that, take responsibility for that, and the other person is able to let that go. Now, let me be very clear here that many times some remnants of that anger can stay back there and get re-triggered when the same thing happens again. Because it tends to be that couples go through the same struggles over and over until they fix it, until they get beyond that. And so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that a relationship should be without anger and resentment from beginning to end. That's not possible. That's what happens when there are these problems, these struggles and issues that every relationship has. But when it begins to be persistent that a couple can't move beyond their feelings of anger and uh, of resentment, that they find themselves fixated on those layers, that it shows up the toxicity of the relationship. So a healthy relationship is not one that is absent of anger or absent of resentment. A healthy relationship recognizes that when that anger and resentment is showing that something needs to be addressed, and so they address it and they move beyond it. It doesn't mean they might not have another angry moment in a week or a month or sometime down the road, but that they move beyond it in that moment. The toxicity is when the anger is persistent and when the resentment is persistent. Now, I didn't say always there, but it's persistent. It keeps showing up moment by moment, day by day. 
the second line of uh, or, or symptom of toxicity is when you have a feeling of walking on eggshells, that there are things that need to be said that aren't being said, that you have to be careful not to stir the beast on the other side. And maybe the spouse is feeling the same way, that when a couple begins to walk on eggshells, and as I've noticed it, many times both people are feeling that at the same time, that they're not saying things that they need to say. Now, let me be clear that I don't believe that a healthy marriage needs to be one where everything that's on your mind is out of your mouth. That's not a sign of a healthy relationship either. There are times when our thoughts aren't very positive. Our thoughts aren't very healthy. We don't always have to share those thoughts because sometimes they're transient. You know, if you're upset about something in a moment, with a few moments of reflection, you may realize that's not a big deal and you let it go. So I'm not suggesting that just because you don't share every thought in your mind, that doesn't mean that you're walking on eggshells. But the walking on eggshells is when you're having to be hyper careful of what you say and what you do because you're afraid of the reaction on the other person, not because you're concerned about hurting their feelings or concerned about saying something that may lead to conflicts that are unnecessary because they are those transient thoughts. This is when you're trying to keep from causing problems by stirring up the anger or the reaction of a spouse basically means that we're living in fear of a spouse's reaction, not because we're trying to protect our spouse, not because we're trying to mind our spouse's emotional life, but because we're living in fear of a spouse. That's a different thing. Number three, another symptom of toxicity, of elevated toxicity is global effect. Global effect means that when the difficulties that are in your marriage begin to affect all of the rest of your life. It's a global effect. It means you're not doing well at work. It means maybe you're not watching out for your health. Maybe it's creating stress in your life that's affecting your health. It's affecting your parenting. All of those can be signs of a global effect of the marriage on your life. That the struggles in your life, in your marriage, are now intruding on the rest of life. Now, let me be clear. If you have a fight with your spouse before you go to work, you may go to work not on your best self. You may go to work thinking about that throughout the day. But if it lasts every day and is affecting all areas of your life, that's the global effect. If you're able to have a pretty substantial fight with a spouse and have it affect nothing in your life, there's something there to be looked at too. There's something about that. But So I'm not suggesting that you should be able to have a disagreement with a spouse and have it not affect any part of your day. But when that is happening all of the time, it's a global effect, not just an hour effect or two hour effect or maybe one day every now and then, but something that's globally affecting you, that's alerting you to the toxicity of the relationship. Number four sign of toxicity is a protective stance. Sometimes people kind of armor themselves when they're finding themselves in these struggles. And so they won't even let their true emotions come out. They let none of the positive come out. And the only thing that emerges from them is the negative after that. It's as if they're beginning to build the defenses. 
You know, they've put up the barbed wire fence and they've they've dug the moats and they've put the sharks and the alligators in the moats and they've put the soldiers at the gate with all of their weaponry and they're trying to keep the other person away. That's a protective stance. The more protected we are, the more toxic the relationship becomes. Because now all we're doing is in we're in survival mode. We're in protection mode. Now, the opposite is not necessary to be completely vulnerable and allowing anything to come your way. But when we are on a lockdown protective stance, that often shows some toxicity. The fifth sign is when we are in a persistent drain, even depression, from the relationship. Our marriage needs energy from us. And we only have a limited amount of energy. So for sure, there is going to be a place where we have to decide how much energy to put into the marriage. That's not what we're talking about here. When the issues and problems in your marriage are persistently draining you from life, draining you from energy that you have for anything else, draining you to the point that you feel depressed all of the time, that is alerting you to the fact that there's toxicity in the relationship to the point that you're even losing parts of yourself to this. Okay, so those are kind of some signs of elevated toxicity in a relationship, persistent anger and resentment, walking on eggshells, globally affecting you in life, putting you in a very protective stance and persistently draining you, maybe even leading to depression for you. So when is it too toxic? Well, it may be too toxic for you to continue working on the relationship, at least for right now, if you have the inability to cope. You can't find a place of of safe feeling so you can cope with this. In my Thrivology podcast, I've talked about some ways that we cope with life when life is tough. And I don't believe cope is just hiding out in your cave and and, and, in protection mode. We have to be able to go through our life and find ways of dealing with those issues. When we have an inability to cope with life at all, when we're just laid raw by all of the relationship, it's possible that the marriage is too toxic for you to work on right now. You may need to address those things first. The second time it may be too toxic is when you consider self-harm. Sometimes people try to convince me that without their marriage, they're nothing and their life is worth nothing. They've lost touch with the fact that everybody's life is valuable. Everybody's life is important. And no relationship is worth losing that for. Now, sometimes people have kind of that thought that crosses their mind. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when that begins to be more than just a fleeting thought. Most people have a normal thought about what would it be like not to be here. But when you are actively considering self-harm, the toxicity level is too high for you to work on the relationship right now and you have to take care of yourself. That doesn't mean that at some point you might not come back to the relationship to work on it. But when you're contemplating self-harm, the first thing you need to do is get help to make sure that you are safe as an individual and protected. The fourth 
time that, or the third time that I think it, you have to consider that maybe too toxic is when it's become destructive both to you and to others. When others around you are in pain for you and are asking you to protect yourself and your destruction, you're becoming smaller and smaller in yourself. That's the destruction when things are beginning to fall apart in your life, when job begins to be a problem, when your health begins to be a problem, when you basically are neglecting your daily life because of the effects of the relationship. At that point, it may be too toxic to work on the relationship at all, but it certainly is not what you do then. At the point when it's become destructive to your life and to the life of others, you need to make sure you get help. That's a time to get into therapy and see if you can rebuild yourself to the point that it's possible to do something with the relationship. There is one time when it is absolutely too toxic, and that's when the relationship has gone to abuse particularly physical abuse. If you've been abused or you abuse your spouse physically, hurting your spouse in any way, it is too toxic. At that point, you need to back away from the relationship. If you believe that there has been too much abuse, I would suggest that you connect with the local domestic violence people And ask for help in getting away from that because the number one rule is that you've got to be safe. If you're not safe, you can't enter into anything in the relationship and an abusive relationship breaks that down. Abuse is about an imbalance in power. It's about intimidation. It's about trying to scare the other person to be what you want. And that's not fulfilling the relationship. So the number one time when it's so toxic it can't be saved is when it's abusive. The other times just means it may not be possible. I hope this has been helpful. And if there's a place where you believe that this is too toxic, it is not the time to work on your relationship. It's a time to get individual outside help. If you haven't gotten to that point, though, if you're realizing that there maybe it's not so toxic as you thought, that maybe there's a place for you to move forward, let me suggest my Save the Marriage system. You can find that at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. And I do have a link if you believe that you are in an abusive place on how to get help uh, for that in the show notes. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.